Great. Thanks so much and welcome to table two. <laughs> so my name is Tessa and I'm greeting you all from Kampala, Uganda, um, where I work at 32 Degrees East with Sharon, who is around somewhere in this massive Zoom assembly, which is pretty amazing. So all the kudos to Tesco for, for putting this on and for welcoming us all. Um, so this table actually has quite a few C words. So uh, I'll read them out and I think someone will probably put them in the chat. So as before, please, all the contributors to these C words remain with video and audio. Any of the participants who have close interest in these C words also remain with video and audio. Um, for everyone else, choose one of the C words that you like and rename yourselves and keep your camera off. Um, so just to run through them, we have care, culture, change, community, cooperation, circle, and craft. So yes, um, <laughs> we'll see how this goes because I also know I won't be able to see everyone, but there are lots of people helping in the background, so we'll figure it out. Um, so again, because there are quite a few words, I think I'll approach it a little differently. I hope you'll bear with me and hopefully enjoy this process. Um, so to begin the table, I actually like to take inspiration from one of our C words, which is circle. Um, so from the essay that was shared anonymously, the circle is meant as a support group and a space for sharing not only practical, but also emotional resources. So it's my hope that we can create this during our time together now. Um, I'm going to attempt some weaving, kind of, of the themes between the C words of this table and the accompanying stories to draw out some questions for everyone present. Um, please just bear in mind, again, we don't have a lot of time together, so as we speak, let's try and make sure that we have enough time and space for our different voices. Um, that being said, I'm about to speak a little bit now, but it's just to get us to the good stuff. So <laughs> I'm going to read a few excerpts from each story and then share a question, and then I'll do that again um, after we've answered the first question collectively. Um, so in community, uh, by the Belly Button Conference slash Eurasia Underground Library, there's a line about how Eurocentric aesthetics and neo neoliberal subjectivity lead to the habit of seeing the others or the common as mere resources for our own creative production. And then Fabke in Culture talks about how the common with its land use origin is based on a traditional custom and is not a space chosen by the shared users. So instead, Fabke prefers the imagination of a culture that stretches space and the verb commoning rather than the word common, the noun, um, where we can stretch space and share access to resources. We actively go to the other, and this also changes ourselves. A desire for stretched space can change the dynamics of the center and the periphery. Belly Button Conference also talks about the practice of multi-directional tug of war, described as an aesthetic war play machine to converse about the complexity of our many centers. In the other Seward's essay, craft slash cohesion slash cadence, they expand on this exercise saying, without romanticizing a certain narrative of unity or wholeness, our experimentation emerged out of the commonly shared refusal of Western knowledge construction that has flattened the complexities of world-making practices. So here's the question. Community making is in a way about a weaving of many centers. Tug of war, I think, gives us this really great imagery that highlights our different positions and their tensions, sometimes in relation to resources and sometimes in relation to the space that we occupy. 
the practice of tug of war is in a way of stretching of space. So I'm wondering for everyone here, in what ways have you stretched space in your communities to create your own culture? And to build on that, how have you created, how have you worked to create cohesion within your communities? So that's open to everyone who's interested in this table, um, but particularly maybe if the contributors also want to share more about what they wrote in relation to those questions, we'd love to hear it. So away you go. <laughs> okay. I thought, okay. <laughs> sorry, yeah, the, the question is what you do, and then I thought it's maybe nice to show something as far as it goes. Um, this is the thing that I also described. I think if you work on commons, you also always need uh, memories and share memories. And um, in culture, I think the connection to ground or to soil or to, that's very important, but that's, I cannot show. So I show you this small thing and there is silver in it, it's glossy. The moleskin is local. The silver is a local custom to make silver, but of course the resources are Dutch, are not Dutch because they are colonial. Then in it, there is a local bean that's for poor people. This is for rich people. And this is the fur that poor people catch for rich people to have a fur coat. But that's not done anymore. That's an old custom. Then I can tell you in coming because I have this thing, it travels with me to China. I would love to give it also to Kampala now so you can touch the moleskin. And from this, it starts as a commoning to make this but also to bring it with you to other places, you can tell the story. People can touch it even in China where they do not know me, but they see another body and I have this with me. I have a bean. They tell me what kind of beans they have. They learned me that in the North they have black molds, but in the South they have other colors. I couldn't find out which. So that was my short interruption on how to do things or not. Yeah, so please. And it's part of the International Village Shop Net that I set up with Katrin. And uh, you can find more of that, but that's just uh, something we do. Uh, we work like that, sometimes with objects, sometimes with other things. So that hope that was a kind of answer to you, uh, Tessa. <laughs> so. Yeah, so everyone, thank you so much for, for sharing that and for your really great contribution. Um, maybe also if um, anyone from the Belly Button Conference slash Eurasia Underground Library can share a bit about tug of war. Um, I tried to summarize, but it would also be lovely to hear from that. Or anyone else would wish to respond. Maybe I'll jump in. I'd love to hear from Sepida or um, Yen, who wrote the contributions, but as um, one of the members of the Belly Button Conference, um, 
maybe I'll just start off by saying um, it's definitely um, this thing of stretching space um, is very much, I think someone has said in the comments as well as stretching also of the internal and external um, and time and space. And there's a, a common theme that kept coming up in the Eurasian Underground Library in general um, during the extended study um, group period of um, knowledge that exists underground, under skin and under time, um, which uh, kept reoccurring. So I think um, the types of embodied knowledges or sort of um, discursive tangents that we went on definitely, um, I think, were attempts at that. Um, but maybe something it's not so much, I think you used the term just then of around, um, um, around the cohesion. And I think something very much about the conflict is very integral to the belly button conference and the process of the tug of war of finding a commonality in, in conflict and, and intentions and frictions and how that is an extremely generative um, and creative um, space to be in um, and allows an expression of that very physically connecting to core centers of gravity and um, particular positions. And within that, a commonality is found as well um, in the multi-directional tug of war, which um, uh, is quite yeah an interesting sort of paradox, I guess, a contradiction to embody with other people collectively um, in a sort of energizing way. Hi, I, I, oh, I also yes, have please. a little bit thoughts. Hi, I'm Yuchen. Uh, the way I understand space is also a little bit on the note of interdependency. The space cannot be on its own, not an, an, a single entity on its own. It's also who are the people who runs it, who are the people who maintain it. And for me to understand stretching space also means the amount of time and uh, effort and emotional labor I put in to maintain human relations or even relations with non-humans. What are the environments around and what are the other beings, maybe river or a forest next door. So what are the things that we do to maintain this uh, relational space? Thank you. Um, so Peter, I don't know if you wanted to share a bit more. Okay, we've got time so I can come back as well. Um, but for our next question, I wanted to start with the C words, complexity slash cooperation slash contradiction from Amy. Um, so Amy talks about the experience of working on the climate justice code um, and the desire to build pleasurable models of working together and the contradictions yeah. arising from that. Um, I think Tago War, uh, which, um, which is a kind of multi-directional Tago War for us. Can you, hear, can, can you hear me? Now we can, I think you are delayed. I think you are delayed, but now we can hear you. Maybe Safida, you can have your camera off. 
and on the audio, then we could hear you better. I think maybe we might be delayed for Sapija as well. Um, the, the delights of Zoom. <laughs> um, okay, so maybe I'll just keep going and then hopefully um, eventually she'll join. Um, but yes, I was just sharing from what Amy wrote about complexity slash cooperation slash contradiction um, and the experience of working on the climate justice code and the desire to build pleasurable models of working together and the contradictions arising from that. So this is from Amy's um, essay of stories. I understood quickly that demanding a lot of myself and others around me may not always be the most pleasurable way of working. Therefore, working in cooperation with others requires patience with oneself and an awareness of what others in the group need. And then Yuchen in CARE um, shares reflections about the work through your collective weaving realities. Um, and in the essay reflected in, this is a quote, um, the way our collective work with others is to treat people as oneself, oneself, before attaching to the tags guest, performer, artist, professor, interviewee, refugee, curator, director, janitor, intern, and so on. Who are they? Am I curious about their stories? Am I grateful for the open-hearted sharing before thinking how they're relating to my work? Do I act with reciprocity to their attention, contribution, and trust? All these questions serve as constant reminders and self-reflection in my head. Um, and then lastly, Sapide in Change um, used sort of this metaphor of the river and talked about the river as a site of, as a site of the conflict of abstract bipolarities. River holds a persona that can lead us towards a deeper shift of our subjectivity, moving from an individualistic Cartesian I to a perhaps drifting we. So from all of this, I think the complexities and contradictions inherent in what it means to care for one another and care for oneself are really present. Um, so I'd love to hear more thoughts about, about this complexity and contradiction, both from Amy and Yuchen and from anyone else who would like to contribute. Can I begin? Great. Please do, yeah. Um, I actually wanna sort of tie uh, Zoe in as well with the tug of war, just pulling into the complexity and the contradictions that we faced in the CJC um, and the necessary ways of cooperating with oneself um, was now in this conversation, it's so clear that we over this last year have really been enacting that tug of war um, between what needed to be done at that moment in time and then also what we, the deeper and more complex that the urgency we're working with. And so there's always these actors of uh, internal, external positioning and how we come together and how we cooperate so that it's uh, a goal that's non-linear as well. And seeing that and seeing that goal manifest itself um, as bringing something like the Climate Justice Code to life and being able to enact it and practice it. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, and acting with care towards one another is um, is something that happens both has to happen both internally and externally. So you're always uh, pulled in these different dynamics. Yeah. 
Thank you. I think Sepide, did you? Oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead, Zoe. I was just wondering if Sepida's video was live or if she's frozen, um, but maybe she's still um, delayed. So. You turn? You wanna say? Yes, maybe just something. I am actually a little bit nervous. On the document it says it's gonna be a sharing with love and laughter. Uh, I don't know that if you can hear me because like it seems that my connection is unstable, but can you hear me properly? Not really. Not quite properly, <laughs> but maybe you, can you, you hear me? If you turn your camera off, it might be a better connection. Meanwhile, we can hear from Yu Chen and then hopefully Sapide come back. Yu Chen? Sure. Uh, so I, because of the top document, I didn't expect that I have to prepare PowerPoint. Uh, I have not come fully prepared, as I think, but I would just like to share something quite basic. But sometimes maybe the basics is the ones that we are overlooked because we can have all these brilliant theories, but in the end it's about how to, how to execute it, how to carry it out with care and with people around us. And this is something I want to share. Uh, maybe I can just come to back to the story that I have written in the text. Um, I'm in the Weaving Reality Collective, which is a performance collective. And my partner in this collective is Aldo Espada Ramos from Mexico. And actually he went uh, three years ago to uh, Ayuzinapa in Mexico to get more stories to under try to understand about the missing students, the 43 missing students from the state, by the state. And then he met two girls, Mayra and Laura. Um, they had a, just a day of a visit together and at the end, Mayra and Nala said to him, you're just gonna be one of the people we, are, we, we will meet only for once. You come to get what you want and you will never come back again. Because this has happened to them so many times to the family members of the students, journalists, artists all over the world, Ai Weiwei included, went there to in interview them. And they, this, their stories has become the work of someone else and they were never, um, kept in touch with uh, later on. But then my partner really tried to still care for them. So I'm asking once in a while, how are you doing? So th throughout three years, they were in contact. And actually last year for as Weaving Realities, we have invited these two girls to come over to Amsterdam for three months. And then together we will construct some kind uh, to, to work together with some kind of cooking participatory performances together. But the way we come together with ideas is quite free. It was not like structured, oh, today we will have a meeting, tomorrow we will go somewhere else. It was really like spending a lot of time and, and curiosity and interest with each other. So we were actually living together and there were other friends uh, telling us like, but you are doing this is like your, your um, this is like wasting your money or this you are doing them uh, like you're paying them for a trip. 
But no, I don't think so. I think we cannot see people like that. We cannot see. We only want to extract productivity or the result. The process is also equally important or even more. And, and then in the end, the stories that we have come, uh, come together and they feel safe and trust to share are the ones that's uh, in most casual dialogue in our everyday uh, interaction together. And then we do it in um, cooking performance, uh, audience come, they didn't know who they are, we just they just get to know the, these two girls life story it was really really sharing as people and at the end we revealed okay they are the the family members of the missing students and the missing students was prosecuted by the state because they were trying to protest for their land against the canadian minery and how is that relating to me sitting at this dinner table? Am I also supporting the Canadian minery by using my MacBook and my iPhone? And that's how realities are being woven together. It's not, in, it's not separate. It's not like, oh, poor them. This is such a failed state corruption. But no, we are really living in an interconnected world. Um, and that's what I want to share. Thank you. I'm trying uh, to speak another time, but please let me know if you can hear me properly. Great. Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, well, uh, I, I just want to jump in for, for the tug of war and I want to sort of add that uh, the aesthetic, the aesthetic practice of tug of war was sort of very important for us in the terms that it, it, it was uh, it was included uh, some sort of intention tensions uh, that actually um, that actually help us to go beyond the division of the winner and loser because the multi-directional tug of war doesn't let anyone any individual to fall into the division of the winner and loser so let us sort of uh, being collectively uh, ready to be win and to lose together. So it's a sort of irrational and anti-systemic practice of tug of war. Uh, but also it has been activated by, uh, by, by different way of storytellings of, of forgotten memories of unwritten and um, untold stories that have been excluded from the hierarchical system of knowledge. So, so in a sense, I would say that the decolonial uh, element of Togawa was very important for us in a terms that uh, the aesthetic experience of Togawa with this tension of, of pulling and being pulled uh, actually help us to be to be shaken by hearing the others stories and it's very much different from uh, just knowing just knowing others stories and accumulating knowledge and turning others knowledge into an object of knowledge but rather it's more of an ontological status this is about that imagining ourselves as the other and uh, and I would say that this decolonial uh, imagination is very important because uh, because without that, uh, the aesthetic experience of tug of war or any aesthetic experience as is categorized now in the institution of art, uh, institution of art would only be a sort of uh, bourgeois privilege and uh, and 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 uh, so so I, I I also want to add that this decolonial and and uh, and and imagine. 
imagining ourselves as the others is very important uh, in activating this, this aesthetic and tension, uh, tension um, experience. So glad your connection worked so that you could share that. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, finally. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Yen, you wanted to share a bit as well about what you wrote. Um, no pressure, but. Yeah, um, maybe just briefly also um, struggles and conflicts and contradictions uh, we also um, experienced during the practice. Um, so this uh, talk of war um, was initiated by the Belly Button Conference that is also a branch of Eurasia Underground Library that is organized by Amazing Eurasia. So a lot of uh, yeah um, initiatives, long tail. Um, but um, during the practice, we also realized um, we are also interested in um, resisting established forms of forms of protocols which also um, often requires us to work through indeterminacy and spontaneity as a collective skill. And that uh, remains a continual loop of decision-making. So uh, we often uh, fell into um, this um, kind of um, endless um, decision-making problem. And that also challenges us to um, come to a certain term of uh, term to claim our practice. Um, so I also actually um, through this uh, meeting also want to hear um, a little bit about um, yeah experiences of um, specific struggles and also in terms of decision making also from uh, the, the BBC members and other organizations as well if time allowed. Maybe we hear um, any response to this question, to like decision-making, because I think this is such a like key things in collective work, who takes up decision um, and how to commit to that. <laughs> That's a plenty of- Amy, I think has her hand up. Uh, I could definitely speak about uh, decision-making um, within our specific context and the reality of figuring out ways that decisions can be um, made uh, is an ongoing process uh, in, in the CJC. And in the past year, our default mechanisms were those who attended the meeting were involved in the decision-making processes. Um, and I think we can definitely work towards a more effective or a more a pleasurable way of making those decisions because it is it, because of lack of time or resources it doesn't allow for other um, voices to come into the conversation simply because those decisions would be made during zoom meetings so that's one brief example of something that we continually struggled with in terms of this necessity of cooperating, but facing these contradictions. Okay, I got a time check, so I don't know, should I wrap up? <laughs> Do we have time to... Uh, if I may, if I may make a small change, I would... Uh, 
wrap up soon. But if I heard I may, speaking. Yeah. Yeah, if I may make a small contribution, addition to the idea of decision making slash insistence. Uh, insistence making or insistent whoever insists the most uh, and sometimes insistences can be illogical and sometimes can be uh, more demanding uh, but might require a little more attention um, and may work as possible solutions also so whoever insists the most in a group gets their chance and Yeah, that's it. Great. Well, maybe if anyone else has additional thoughts, please do write them in the chat. It'd be great to continue thinking through and yeah, reflecting on all of this. And thank you so much to all the contributors. And um, yeah, looking forward to the rest of the assembly.